Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name, as you may know, is AJ Kierens, and I'm here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you and yours to the artists, designers, and illustrators from around the world who bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. It's a simple concept. We hope you're enjoying yourself. If you're new here, we welcome you. Salud. Sit back and relax. This is episode number 46, Cuarenta y Seis, featuring the one and only Mr. Will Sears, art director for Oxbow Brewing in Maine. Very excited to have Will on the show. Will, like I said, he's in Maine, but he's there by way of Philadelphia, my home, sweet home. Born and raised, but now I live in the New England area, which brings me to a little bit of a conundrum, a little difficulty here. It's not really actually that difficult. Philly pride runs through strong and strong, but being here in enemy territory, this episode is going to air right before the Super Bowl. Fly, Eagles fly. So we will definitely be cheering our asses off this Sunday. But as we've mentioned in previous episodes, Will is uh, curating and putting together at Gallery 49 at Oxbow in Portland, Maine, this upcoming Friday when this episode drops. So if you are listening to us afterwards, you missed an awesome show, hopefully. That's what I'm looking forward to. But it's called Artistic Directions, Gallery 49 at Oxbow, featuring Will Sears that we mentioned. And this week's host, I mean, excuse me, guest, Oxbow Brewing, Carl Grandin, Omnipolio, Mike Van Hall of Aslan and Stillwater Artisanal, and then Keith Shore from McKellar, who hopefully will be on a future episode. We've not gotten that uh, confirmation from Keith, but hopefully we'll have the opportunity to meet him and do our best sales pitch here. So look forward to that. But really excited about this week's episode. It was really nice to get to speak to, to Will. He's a very humble individual. He has a really great perspective on art and life that he shared with us. It was really you know, introspective. I got myself thinking about different things and you know approaches and challenges. And it was really nice to, to have that ability to speak to someone new. We really enjoy the human element to this project. Obviously, there's the beer, which we all love, but also really come to you know get great feedback from the design and you know art community. We're really growing each week. You can find us at 16OZ Canvas on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook. We just expanded to YouTube and also our website, 16OZCanvas.com. But there's just a lot of great people out there. And so each week we're, you know, interviewing new folks and we're researching new people it's given me an opportunity you know to find you know a great you know a happy place you know going down these artists and through you know online to dive into their archives to to see what they do to see who they are and it's nice to be able to to, to follow along each artist has a different perspective you know the beauty of art we look at the same thing and people express it, represent it, visualize it differently. And that's no different than, you know, you, you see this week with Will. And it's really been a nice opportunity to, to learn more about him, you know, the different projects he's a part of, you know, the, the, the Portland Mural Initiative, you know, being one of them, which I think is really great. And it's just really an uh, exciting opportunity and something that, you know, as we are curating this or, you know, kind of being a megaphone for, for some of these artists to, to get the word out about what they, what they do. It's just really becoming, you know, more and more, a, you know, a huge, huge source of pride. So really excited. We want to thank everybody for, for being a part of this. We want to thank you for checking in. You know, the reviews that we're receiving online are awesome. If you haven't left one, you know, go click, a, you know, a few stars or, you know, write some words in a legible order. And we thank you in advance for that. But again, my name is AJ. We are here each and every week. We're doing a, doing a thing that we're proud of. We're proud to have you be a part of it. We're really excited to introduce you to you know, Mr. Will Sears, Oxbow, right here, 16-ounce canvas. So I think we're just going to get right into it. 
we'll, we'll come back to you. We'll, again, we'll update you and look forward to seeing Will and the crew this Friday or depending when you're listening to this today. Oxbow Gallery 49 Artistic Directions. Get at it. So hopefully we'll see you in Maine. But right now, without further ado, the one and only Mr. Will Sears right here at the 16-ounce canvas. That's right, folks. We are the Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Cheers. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Really excited to have with us today Will Sears, who's checking in via Portland, Maine. Will is the art director for Oxbow Brewing Company, and uh, really just yeah. To, yeah, exactly. Appreciate you making the time to, to join us today. Uh, we've been trying to connect with Will for, for a bit, which is good. If you follow along with you uh, online, Will underscore Sears, like the like the company, like the old catalog when I was a kid that was kind of like the the pre-Amazon days. That was the, the Sears catalog was like the, the ultimate thing for planning for Santa, if you still believe. But uh, yeah, so just yeah. appreciate that. And you can also check out Will's uh, uh, art page, uh, his website and gallery, Will searsfineart.com thanks so much for joining us today will of course yeah no problem um and actually fun fact i had a a very small uh class in school growing up and uh there's a roebuck in that class so we had a sears and roebuck in the same same class yeah i was gonna i was gonna mention the roebuck but i was like i've already kind of gone down this rambling rabbit hole i'm like i've already lost you know (laughs) Got to play to yeah. the dem- demographics. No, no relation on on either uh, either accounts, sadly, or maybe not so sadly. I think uh, usually when you Google my name, the the first result is Will Sears go bankrupt. So, oh, um, I didn't so even think of, like they're doing that great. <laughs> I didn't even. Th- I actually didn't even put. Yeah, Will Sears. Yeah, actually, yeah. I can just kind of be. Yeah, you're like an autofill on Google, right? So it's like you know. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, we got we got Will Sears fine art up there, a little higher than will will go bankrupt. So yeah, but uh, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe one day. Yeah, no, not yet. Yeah, boy can dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, we came to you know learn of of you. Um, Maine has has become kind of for my family and a really kind of important place that we, I think, for the last six years now we go up every, you know we go up every summer. You know we stay in Harrison, Maine, and just kind of really have come to embrace, you know, Maine is, uh, you know, we, we like to try to get, we're trying to figure every year how we can get up there more. And, you know, Oxbow is, you know, a staple, you know, in Maine. And so I was really, you know, drawn to that and, you know, getting you involved. And then kind of like I, like I was mentioning, going down the rabbit hole, we was really able to learn so much more, you know, about you as an artist. And just really, that's really the, the, the backstory of how we kind of discovered you know you for the for the project so really really appreciate it again and excited to to kind of learn a little bit more about what you're doing awesome and fun fact again for everybody we're just dropping fun facts here maybe we'll just you know keep doing that so if, if you're annoyed be sure. roll with it. yeah roll with it you know will's got a 215 number if you listened you know obviously i'm not giving his number away but if you listened uh you know before uh i might have a slight kind of uh obsession with my you know where i was born and raised so i'm always uh always just excited to to see that. So, um, what's the kind of, what's the will story? You know, how did, how did you get into art and you know, where, you know, how did you end up in, you know, from Philly all the way up in, uh, up in Maine? Sure. Um, I was fortunate enough to have, uh, two creative parents who both like fully embraced the art thing. Um, so my mom was a graphic designer and my dad was a, a landscape architect designer um, so kind of just from, from day one was always drawing and flipping through font books and, um, I can't really recall a time when I, when I wasn't into kind of, you know, doodling or some, some form of creative expression and, uh, kind of that, that interest has, has, uh, had different focuses along the way, but, um, yeah, I think uh, kind of knew that I, I wanted to pursue an education in art. And so um, after graduating from high school in Philly, I uh, moved to Syracuse, New York, and um, initially actually started a program in industrial design. Um, 
and then kind of quickly realized um, it was not exactly what I expected and was like a little more corporate minded or I mean I think you could probably do anything with that degree but I wasn't really feeling the program so I hopped ship and uh, and joined the painting department and um, graduated from Syracuse with a BFA in painting um, kind of like aligned more with what my real interests were which was like you know, doing more fine art rather than commercial stuff whenever possible. Um, and like the next thing um, kind of to hit the horizon after graduation was an art residency. I got invited to um, up here in Maine. And so I didn't really have any plans. So I cruised up here for that um, and just kind of fell in love with the location and and the culture here and met a lot of awesome artists and kind of formed a community and um, had a crush on um, somebody that's now my wife so that that definitely helped make make Maine feel like home pretty quick um, so yeah that's kind of the, the short and dirty there you go I was like oh the crush I'm like what's I was like where is this gonna go so yeah yeah that's always uh, <laughs> that's always good yeah that's like we were saying before met my wife um being connecticut i guess I'm, I, i've been in connecticut now almost 20 years and so i guess you know the heart what the heart wants what the heart wants you know we, we've actually yeah yeah we had that with um steve mcdonald who does the the labels for uh, burlington beer company he, his heart took him to sweden so i mean he, he was from vermont so i mean you know it's uh it's uh who knows where who knows where the story's gonna go one chapter at a time so so yeah um that's great. And how would you describe describe your art? I noticed there's a lot of use of kind of, you know, wood and you know, kind of uh, you know, industrial you know, kind of pieces. How how would you describe your your style? Um, I mean, it kind of depends on on which work. You know, I'd say I flex different stylistic muscles for different uh, avenues of of my work, like on the graphic design end and, and, uh, the fine art end, I guess the kind of link between the two is I'm super interested in typography. Um, I, uh, I have also done, um, sign painting for, I ran a run, uh, sign painting company for the past six years. So, um, kind of between sign painting, doing, the labels and my fine art being kind of, again, closely tied to sign painting. That's definitely like the, the common, uh, link between all of it. So, um, definitely interested in letters, the stylistic approaches of that. Um, and then kind of even to, to push that interested in, um, letters as like form. Um, so rather than, the content of whatever they're reading, I'm, I'm more interested in their appearance and them as building blocks. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, if you're dumbing it down for me, I appreciate that. So, um, yeah. So basically, yeah, I, the topography I've noticed is a strong foundation of the, the labels that you're doing, uh, for Oxbow. And I, I think that, you know, different uh, fonts, topography, uh, the you know, the use of open you know space, and you know different, I guess diff different font faces or, or families, and even even now that you say that, you know, looking at the the pieces on your site, and your you know your social, you know the the use of different fonts is is um, is apparent, and that's something that I've always kind of been drawn to also, and I, I like I always find it exciting or interesting because I'm not. Uh, Surprisingly, as a, as a host, not the best with with words, or at least in this um, avenue. So th to say that you're interested in the you know, kind of the the fonts or the the words, but not what they mean and how they it's kind of how they look. I think that's a really you know it's really understandable or relatable way to to say that. And so that, that def I would definitely agree with that. I've always been kind of drawn to you know unique you know fonts or style you know, styles, not necessarily with the the messages. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually, I grew up with learning disabilities and, um, you know, stuck with school and everything, finished um, 
school, but spent a lot of time, I feel like, looking at text instead of actively engaged in reading text, just because I was kind of, you know, my mind was elsewhere in the classroom, typically. Um, so I think that's probably where some of that stems from for me is like just spending so much time kind of with, with writing in front of me um, and looking at it more as an object rather than, as I said, kind of the um, contained message of whatever, you know, you're reading. Now, were you aware of that? All Were you aware of that always of the di- that difficulty or is that something that in, in later years that kind of, kind of helped ex- yeah, explain kinda, showed up more and I think I was basically failing out of a Spanish class and um, I had a professor that was sweet. She kind of gave me an ultimatum that I could uh, get an F or um, go get tested for, for different disabilities and, and get like a D minus so that I could, you know, keep going. And um, so I, I took the testing route trying to not repeat a class and uh, sure enough had all, all kinds of things going on so um yeah i mean nothing major but just like um yeah dyslexia and yeah, adhd add attention disorder all kinds of things but no i think it's important um, yeah i think it's important especially my my, uh, my wife is a, a school teacher and so i think that this even not to go down a, a weird sidetrack but yeah i just think i think that being able to customize or being aware of each individual and not having it be so cookie cutter. I think that really helps, um, to, you know, have a student be successful, whatever successful is for that individual, not just kind of the overall. So that's really, I mean, who knows? Yeah. And I think that, you know, calling it a learning disability is even a disservice to it. It's just a, a difference in brain makeup. I think, you know, everyone, I agree completely different abilities and I feel like mine lie more in the visual spatial rather than the comprehension so um, that's sort of what I've done with my life anyway so it doesn't feel at all disabling so yeah I think I agree that's I yeah it's a shitty way to put things because because just by disability means that you're not on the same you know I, I'm I'm colorblind when everyone's like oh I'm so the first thing people say to me is oh I'm so sorry I mean and to me it doesn't really it you know, I always just say that. Well, maybe, what if I see better colors than you do? You know, what if that? What if that's? What, what if that's the reality? And you just, uh, you know, your rods and cones are the same as everybody else, and I have this amazing experience that you don't even can't even fathom. So I don't know. Uh, we they, they kind of got into a different place, but um, but I, I appreciate you, uh, you you sharing that. So you you're up in Maine. How do you how do you team up with Oxbow and you know start doing you know doing their, their label work? Um, it was kind of a scenario of just right time, right place. Uh, as I said, I was kind of up here for an art residency. Um, and, um, so I was just looking for kind of any, any kind of work that I could get, um, in terms of just to pay rent and kind of that, that kind of thing. Um, and while I was in college, I was doing a lot of home brewing. I was always, always liked beer. Um, and was always kind of interested in that, in that particular field and um there's somebody involved with oxbow um who had worked at like a summer camp that i worked at as well um so i i had known him through that and that was actually like the only person that i knew that was living up in maine at that point so i i kind of contacted him and and asked if um you know he was looking for any any work and um conveniently enough it was like right at the the um, kind of inaugural establishment of Oxbow. So um, kind of helped with some odds and ends right from the get-go and um, kind of have grown with the company as the company's grown. So total, total case of right right time, right place. Yeah, definitely. And so working, you know, working with Oxbow from a design or kind of, a, you know, project management standpoint, how, how is it that you know you you come up with your labels and kind of the relationship with with the you know the brewery? Is it that you're presented with an idea or just a, a name and you run with it? You know what is what is the the life cycle kind of like? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, every beer is unique in, in its approach, but for the most part, um, you know, we talk about 
what the beer's influences were, like if it has a an overarching, you know, sense of place, or if it has a sense in like a place in history, or um, you know, if there was a whatever some sort of divine inspiration from music, or you know, there, it could be a number of things that might have kind of sparked the the idea of the beer. So we kind of try to tap into that, look at the surrounding visual cultures of those things, and kind of um, you know borrow what we can from from those departments and then kind of try to bring it into the fold and, and make it uniquely oxbow and um yeah it always starts out as just a pencil sketch and um all all the labels are you know not a, a pre-existing um like typeset font they're all uniquely lettered with pencil and then brought into the computer and vectorized eventually but um Oh, yeah, wow. it just kind of starts from a conversation and a sketch, and uh, goes from there. That's really interesting. That's good. To, yeah, because if you if you again if you go to oxbowbeer dot com, if you go to beer, you can see all the the labels and you know the all the the font faces. They're they're all unique, and to, so to think that they're all done by hand it makes them even more uh, more impressive. So I, yeah, I, I would not have uh, I, I did not know that. So that's all, that's awesome. And you can see, right? Yeah, I get a, a yeah. lot of emails throughout the day that are like, hey, you know, I'm trying to put together a business card. Can I use the crossfade <laughs> font? And I'm always like, oh, well, you know, I could design something for you, but, like, that's not exactly, like, a, a font you can just type into your keyboard. It's a unique set of lettering that was done just for that, you Which know, one thing. So it's kind of cool to, to share that with people. Yeah, because yeah, that's exactly, I think that, and that's, I mean, it looks like, you know, almost, you know, no two are unique, and so that's really exciting. And to go back to the music one, right? You have the Bowie with, you know, with the the lightning bolt, and you know, I, I think that's you know, you look at it, and it's really you know, subtle, subtle things that you're trying to you know, pass through on the the, the different uh, themes. So I already, I already liked your shit before. Yeah, I already liked your, of, yeah. Sorry. There's a lot of like nods to things. I would say. If you, you know, start to poke around, you'll, you'll notice, like, if it's, uh, I don't know, yeah, like, the Bowie one is a good example, but, like, little kind of picked up inspiration here and there from things. Oh, yeah. I definitely, I said before, I liked them even, I liked your shit before, and now I like, a, you know, a whole lot more, knowing that they're, uh, you, know, you know, done by hand, right, and you have the... Yeah, yeah, the Primus. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a good amount of them in there. You have to, the, the look, and I like that it's not so, you know, the nods aren't so uh, obvious. You know, it's really uh, kind of they're they're subtle and smart, and so it's always, uh, always, always appreciated. Cool. Now, in terms of in terms of timing, so obviously, you know. Oxbow does some unique, you know, beers and with, with the blending, you know, timing wise, is it okay? This beer is coming out in a couple of weeks, couple of months. I mean, I know that's kind of each, you guys, each beer is different, but what's the normal kind of uh, timeline you have to work with these? Um, yeah, kind of, as you said, all over the place where I'd say we're one of the, you know, I'll say I'm more of a, an art nerd than a beer nerd at this point in my life. So for, for some of your listeners, they might out, out beer nerd me. And that's, that's, Oh yeah. I have no totally, idea. Uh, I'm totally, I don't, I don't want to speak out of my place here, but I would say that, you know, Oxbow, as far as I know, is kind of up there towards the top of, of, um, production time and conditioning time and all of that. So, um, luckily I've got like a, a large window to work with. Um, Although sometimes that can be, you know, bite me in the ass because it's like, oh, we've got two years before this beer's coming out. And then, I, you know, of course, I always wait until the week before we've got to have a label to, to do something. But, um, yeah, it, it's nice. Um, usually we're a little ways out um, with the exception of, as I just said, a little, little bit of human error. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I... I we're around the idea of craft beer, but I would not, you and I would not be able to talk about brewing or styles. You know, I've tried home brewing. That's about as far as I've gotten, but I, you know, I, I don't have the chops in, in that regards. And one could argue I don't have them in, in art either, but you know, 
that's to that's for another yeah. that's for another day. Those conversations are better over yeah. uh, over some pints. But yeah, exactly. So I don't really I only know what I like, and I'm not always the best at describing why I like it. But I definitely don't want to talk to you about you know hops or yeast or conditioning and any of that stuff because w- it would just kind of be awkward and uh, some dead air probably. Yeah, no, I just I only just brought it up because it, it, you asked about timing, and that's that's one thing that oh yeah no Oxbow I, beers are rather yeah. unique about is that they you know they're um, designed to age and and take a while to, from from the boudet to the shelves. So yeah, we have nice wide open design windows for the most part. Yeah, which I, which I think is amazing in of itself. I mean, because I beer it, I will say you know, beer is art, and so the you know the idea that these you know beers were were made years ago is just it's really it's really impressive to to think about that you know this ongoing. And tasting it and making sure it's at the right, you know, blend, you know, over like I just think that's crazy. It's amazing and it's crazy at the same time. But I mean, most you know, good things come to those who wait. I guess. Sure. Yeah. So, so another unique thing about uh, you and Oxbow, and it's probably a good you know, reflection of of you and your love of art. You know, you have at the uh, you know, blending and bottling, you have gallery 49. Can you talk a little bit more, you know, about that, you know, how, how that came to be? Uh, obviously is that, that's probably just an extension of, of, of you as an artist and your love of art, but I just think it's really, you know, doing, doing, yeah, yeah doing this. We haven't seen anything really, we don't really, you know, haven't seen anything really like that. And we've, you know, and so it's, it's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, just being in any place in the country that's, not, you know, an, an art um, mecca or destination or whatever in terms of, like, being outside of basically L.A. or New York in terms of, like, a, a large sales base that drives the existence of a lot of galleries or, or supports, you know, the gallery system. Um, yeah. Not that that's meant to knock any any city's art scene at all. That's not That's not my point, but just economically speaking, you know, it's more challenging to have galleries out, outside of those two cities because of, you know, most of the sales of art happens in those two cities, at least in the United States. So just, I think cre- creating any opportunity for artists to, to share their work is, is a cool thing in, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, being an artist that's always looking for fun exhibition opportunities. Um, it seems like a no brainer that since we had this big 10,000 square foot warehouse tasting room, you know, with wall space that we had to do something with, it seemed like, uh, kind of kill two birds with one stone and, and, um, you know, help, help the space feel inviting and interesting and also create this, this opportunity for, you know, people that might not be into, art to have a chance to engage with it and, and have a destination people that, that are into art that want to come and, you know, get to, get to drink a beer while they're there. So it's kind of a cross pollination of, of cultures and, um, seems to be working out pretty great. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been there as long as the tasting room has been there. And, uh, we've been curating usually around six, or seven shows a year, so kind of two months or a month or whatever. Um, and we've had a, a really talented group of artists that have participated. So I, I owe a lot of thank you to you know all the fantastic artists that have helped out. That's really great, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm going to be um, coming up. I guess when we're gonna, this will air, so maybe if. If it's not airing the week that uh, of the of the the show, then I'll edit it out. But yeah, I'm gonna be coming up for the show on Friday, uh, uh, February second, kind of the opening of uh, the artistic uh, direction show. I'm really excited about that. Uh, February first. Yeah, yeah, we're excited yeah. too. Yeah, so just for for folks at home, if you haven't heard about it, you know, we put we, uh, we put it up on the Instagram, but it's uh, it's kind of it's it's. Um, I don't know. It's a it's a real life example of what we're trying to do, and and really really think it's great that you're you're doing it. But it's featuring uh, Carl Grandin of uh, Omnipolo, who we've had on the show. It uh, features uh, Mike Van Hall, who does work for uh, Aslan and Stillwater, who we've also you know had on the show. Uh, 
Um, Mr. Sears will, will also be there, and then uh, Keith Shore of McKellar will be there. So uh, Keith is the only one of the of the four that I, I've yet to track down to, get to to agree to be on the podcast. So we'll we'll work on that. We'll work on that in the second. But um, we're coming for you, Keith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So yeah, really excited about that. I think it's really awesome. Um, you know, and uh, it should be. Yeah, it just should be really uh, a great great event. So I'm really. Uh, I'm jealous and excited and interested to see to see how it goes. Like I said, I'm pretty green on the on the art on the art gallery stuff. And one of our one of our goals is to to do something like that um, uh, with kind of the the idea of um, of the you know the beer you know everyone has their you know their beer fests and whatnot and, and they go and you know they want to try every beer and they end up getting pretty banged up. And so I think that we want to do kind of flip that that model around and have it be more of an art show that has beer at it and the beer being of the breweries that the artists support and so that's kind of we're we're actually looking at a few spaces in connecticut right now that's awesome yeah yeah i think it's important very cool yeah i think it'd be i think it'd be awesome i think it'd be great and like you said to look at cool art and be able to drink the beer that you know they're you know, representing you know and see all the the hard work in in 3d is is awesome so I, i like I said, I'll see you in a see you in a few weeks. So excited about that! Yeah, we are excited as well. Awesome. And we are back. You're listening to episode number forty-six, Quarenta y Seis, with the one and only Mr. Will Sears from Oxbow. Remember, you got Will online via his website. Will with two L's, Sears, fineart.com. You can see a lot of his work up there. You can also see the video we talked about from the Portland Mural Initiative. I think it's a really great video showcasing not only Will, but other great artists in the local Portland area. You can also find out more information on his Instagram, Will underscore Sears on the IG. And don't forget to check out Oxbow Beer. Oxbow Brewing Company, both of those handles. They have two locations in the main area. And you can find out more information on the website, oxbowbeer.com. Get at it. So like I said, episode number 46, we are rocking and rolling here. We're having a great time. Always enjoyable to learn about the artists and their, their career path, what they're into. I think that Will's portfolio and his artistic muscles you know are flex for different occasions you know the topography work that he does on the labels for oxbow you know his mural work his, his the fine art that you can see on his, on his site i think really there's a diversity there it shows the willingness the creativity the fact that to be inspired by different things taking different chances and it's really just a all-around enjoyable experience so i really enjoy talking to will I am looking forward to, you know, seeing the space in person. As we've mentioned before, we will be doing an event in the summer. Logistics are being worked out now, so we will, you know, just kind of tease that for now. But we're looking to do something this July, so do not go anywhere or come to us. I mean, obviously, I want you to go somewhere because we want you to, to go to the gallery. But, you know, stay in touch. Follow us on social. And we will definitely let you know what we have planned. And remember, just some simple administrative stuff. If you're an artist, you know an artist, you want to recommend somebody, you see their work online, real simple. Hashtag, pound sign, dollar sign, whatever you call it. 16OZ Canvas twofold the hashtag populates under our website but also it's a great way to get introduced to new artists we are constantly looking and i'm pretty close to say i think we need one or two more artists to confirm they're going to be on the show and then we'll be able to announce our sixth 12 pack if you do the math six times 12 that's 72 artists 72 artists what but anyway, it's fucking amazing. There, I said it. I said it. But without further ado, let's get right back into it. Here is part two of our interview 
with the one and only Mr. Will Sears, art director, Oxbow Brewing, founder, Portland Mural Initiative, right here, 16-ounce canvas. Now, the pieces that you, you know, some of the pieces that you do are, are, are much larger. Was it difficult for you to create your art for, you know, for the bottling and the labels on such a smaller, you know, canvas, so to speak, or... Was that kind of was that was that is that kind of correlating to the, the the style of how you're drawing the fonts and stuff? Yeah, it's definitely been um, something that's kind of uh, informed the design for sure. Um, for years, we were doing um, all of our labels on letterpress, um, and uh, unfortunately, just due to you know the fact that we're, we're producing enough beer that, uh, that's becoming a little bit prohibitive. So we've, we've switched over to digital printing for, um, the labels, but, um, yeah, stylistically speaking, you know, the, the letterpress, uh, really made us think about like a, a restrained color palette. Um, cause you know, each, each one of those colors would be like a run on the press. Um, so from like a, uh, efficiency standpoint, you know, it had to be, um, not, not full color necessarily, but kind of limited to, um, black and, and red and our light blue. Um, and then the, the knockout of the, the label white. Um, so that, and as you said, the scale, um, and the fact that you're not getting, you know, gradients on letterpress. So everything had to be graphic hard edge. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd say because of all those circumstances, um, in many ways, our our design is a product of of those circumstances. So it's been it's been a fun exercise to kind of have those restrictions and work within those guidelines. And kind of, um, I think that's sort of what has pushed us to kind of um, do such different styles. I mean, if you look, as you said on on our website, you can see all the the graphic, uh, treatments of our beers and, um, they're, they range quite a bit stylistically, but they're all kind of uniformly unified through, as I said, that, that color palette and that kind of graphic nature. So it's a fun exploration of creating rules and then trying to, to push those rules, you know, to, to their limits. Yeah, I, I've that that idea of you know yeah having the the guidelines or the the rules that you have to you know kind of the play in given your other you know the little more free form nature of your you know your uh, your fine art I think is uh, is exciting I think that limits and what you can and can't do help to improve you know improve upon styles or approaches especially with you know, learning about printing and, you know, color limitations based on style and, you know, folks trying to push that envelope by using, you know, the aluminum of a can, for example, as a, you know, a seventh color. And yeah, I find it, I find it interesting because, you know, it's kind of like you're, you know, you're on a desert island and you only have so many tools to work with. And it's amazing what people kind of can really do or come up with when they only can work with, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, if you know, obviously, if you have all the all the choices or all the colors, you could do a lot, or do do what you you quote unquote want. But yeah, I think that that that's exciting part of it is the is the limitations that you're able to maximize. Yeah, totally. And I think in some ways it it makes it like a a game. You know, I think with with all the possibilities in the world in front of you, um, it could be a little intimidating to pick what what is the right move. So it's kind of fun to have these like, uh, sort of this, this box to, to dance around in and try to get outside it whenever possible. But, you know, to have it there as, as always sort of that grounding, uh, procedural, you know, stipulation. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a good, it's a good, uh, you know, exercise in life too. You know, I think, yeah. It, it it definitely uh when you're limited i think you you learn a lot about yourself so i think it's interesting and and then in the next vein you're we're talking about these tiny little canvases but then you're also uh one of the co-founders of the the portland 
mural initiative and there's this great video you know if you go to will's instagram will underscore sears you can you know you can see the the time lapse of some of the the work that you and several other artists uh you know did in the in the, in the portland area and it's just it's just wonderful i mean i love i love murals but just to kind of like we were just saying you were on these tiny little scale canvases and then to go to those massive sizes of you know sides of buildings you know, is is awesome yeah. Um, yeah. My wife, Tessa O'Brien, um, and I took on that project, I guess it started probably three, three or four years ago at this point. Um, and we used to walk our dog along, uh, this kind of industrial corridor in Portland. Um, and it was just always blank cinder block walls. And so we always kind of thought what a, what a great opportunity to, you know, have some public art and um having grown up in philadelphia you know that was a really prominent thing um the the mural arts program there is is really fantastic and so kind of being inspired by that and um yeah the two of us just kind of hatched the plan and have been chipping away ever since and um we've been we've been really fortunate so now have had you have you done a lot i mean that's just like that's a huge jump i mean how how do you I mean, is it all just about scaling what you your design is and it's, it's yeah it just seems pretty uh intense and kind of to be honest a little overwhelming but yeah how did you how did you get into that um i mean it's you know like anything it's it's always i think sharpens your your tool set to flex different muscles and um you know when you spend a, a day designing you're kind of hunched over a desk and it feels good to get out and be more physical with painting and move around and um so you know just from like a selfish perspective it's i want to do both um but uh yeah i i uh i wrote graffiti for i don't know 13 years of my life so I was kind of used to working on a larger outdoor scale for that. Um, so that you didn't have to run, you didn't have to run, you didn't have to run though. That was kind of nice, right? <laughs> yeah. It felt like a, um, I mean, very different, but uh, maybe grown up version of it or, um, yeah. not, not that graffiti is not grown up. I think graffiti is whatever you want it to be, but, um, yeah, it was just some, something different and, and evolution and, and interest for me. And, um, um yeah i just saw examples of it from people that i really liked and kind of thought why not take it on ourselves so i yeah i feel again we've, we've that you're always just kind of you're open you're open for the challenge and you know you're always up for for trying something new and seeing you know where it takes you you know long and short term is part of the experience so i think that's really that that's something that that comes off just in talking to you Thanks. Yeah. I mean, um, I feel like it's, it's just always in a pursuit of joy more than anything else. You know, I, I like digging into something new and, um, I feel like it's, uh, yeah, it's just fun to kind of get in over your head and, and see how you come out. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, if, if I think more people should, you know, focus on the pursuit of joy, you know, I think and being open to, to things that are different and trying new experiences. So I, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really, yeah, I, I, that, that resonates with me. I, I agree. It, things can be overwhelming at times, but when you look at the big picture, you know, it's all, all about perspective and new opportunities are always exciting and, you know, make, I think you come on the other side, of a better person. You might, you might have fallen on your face, but you know, I think that, uh, it's worth, it's worth, it's worth it. Yeah, I think you, I think I don't know. For me personally, I I need to fall on my face often, or you know, I feel stagnant. So um, I like I like failing. I think it's equally as important as succeeding. Well, yeah, I, it's just nice when you can do it less publicly when it's possible. <laughs> well, right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I try to avoid the. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and I think that. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's a. Yeah, I think more. Yeah, I think people are afraid, especially now with everything being broadcast or shared. You know, I definitely when when we were growing up, and I'm not sure your age. I'm almost forty, but you know, you didn't have social, and so my failures were a lot more more hidden. And you know, so that was, to your point, you know, wasn't a you know broadcaster in some cases with people live broadcast. But I do agree. You know, you 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 learn, and I, I have children, so teaching them to to take chances and do things, and if it makes them happy or, you know, doing it, you know, it, that's the, that's the important part. You know, it's not, it's not about the, the, this instant gratification or, you know, bigger reward. You know, I think fulfillment is important too. Totally. Excellent. I, I, I appreciate that. Now, um, you know, your career path is, is something unique and, you know, it's, um, you know, what kind of advice would you give for, you know, maybe a, a younger artist or somebody, you know, who has that passion, but, you know, maybe some, you know, maybe their, their parents aren't as uh, open-minded as yours were to, you know, create being creative and the importance of that, you know, do you have any advice for kind of a, somebody on the you know, up and coming or somebody who's, you know, loves art? Um, yeah, I mean, I would just say stick with it and, um, if you like it, then it's important. And I don't think, uh, I don't think anybody knows, you know, what, what's, um, I don't know how to say this, but, you know, you're, you're the most in touch with your own needs and desires and listen to yourself. If you want to create and you have that itch to, to make something creative, then, you know, pursue it. And, um, and same goes to like a young professional. Like if you want to do a certain kind of job, don't, don't wait for a, you know, company to swoop in and ask you to do the perfect job that you wanted to do, you know, create a, create a fictional client or work for yourself or just, just make the work that you want to be making in the future. And then, people see that, you know, that's something you can do and you can do well. And, um, I think being, being your own sort of, uh, yeah, being your own client, I guess would be like my, my advice that I'd pass on is, uh, you know, author the things you want to see in the world. And then if you do it well enough, somebody will pay you to do what you want to do. But if you wait around, somebody's just going to ask you to do it they want to see and chances are inspirational game of telephone, you know, it's not going to come out as fire as something you, you know, truly envision and believe in. Cool. I appreciate that. Now as an, you know, art, is it, um, in that same vein of, you know, working for somebody else or just kind of, uh, that, that collaboration or, you know, role, was is is um constructive feedback like i think some i've met some folks with really thick skins and other folks you know take it really personal is that was that something that was easier for you to you know take take feedback and criticism or, or is it something that still you know how how do you deal with that um probably depends on the day you know certain days are <laughs> harder to take criticism than, than others. If you're like feeling down or, you know, some, some other shit in your life's going on or whatever, it can, it can be kind of irrational from time to time. So just like, I think zooming out is always like a good thing or kind of setting it aside. If you're, if it's not sitting with you well, and, um, I try to do that whenever possible, but, um, I totally welcome criticism and feedback. I think having a, having a dialogue with people, you know, contemporaries, with, um, people you respect, that's like super crucial. You can't be insular, you know, I think you need to be comfortable with your, you know, the fact that whatever you do can always get better. And, um, some people might say some bullshit and it might throw you off the scent for a little bit or, you know, upset you. And that's, that's human. That's, we all experience that. But I think like, you know, not taking it personally and, and working through that is, uh, important. I agree. Yeah. I think, uh, 
One thing I've learned to do is um, write the email that you want to write. Take out the the two in the 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 send. So in case you actually hit send, get it all out on paper, read it, realize that you're maybe a little irrational, <clears throat> and then you delete it. And then you kind of I think that's it's, it's been a good therapeutic way for me to to kind of handle some stuff. Yeah. It's like all right. It's kind of like yeah. you're telling them, like you're telling the fuck off, but like you don't have to like deal with like the ramifications of, you know, what what comes from it. So I think that's always good. Totally. And another thing I always try to remember is like, oftentimes like feedback, whether it be positive or negative, is not necessarily, um, usually doesn't like leave a huge impression to me in terms of like whether I feel like a project was successful or not, like almost the worst thing is like when a lot of people are complimenting you about something you don't personally feel great about. Um, like to me, that's almost like a worse feeling than having like something you're proud of and have a couple of people, you know, talk shit. It's, it's like, I'd rather be in that scenario and feel, feel comfortable with, with what I did. And rather than, you know, I, I get, yeah, I guess just like, yeah, I can see my internal perception is like what really matters to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I well, yeah. I know because yeah, you're the your 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 critics inside your head all day, right? So he's not going anywhere, and so it's like, okay, no, why are they like that one? That's not the one. I, yeah, that's that's crappy. But this is this is my favorite piece this month, and yeah, I, I yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, all right, let's let's yeah. uh, let's. Obviously, it feels great when. When right. somebody compliments you on something you you're feeling yourself too, like that's you know next to uh, um you know that's a, that's a fantastic feeling. So not to disparage that, but no, oh yeah, obviously. I mean, yeah, and we're you know we're we're big fans of what you do, um, and so uh, you know we, that's why we really you know wanted to to make you uh, you know a key part of the project. And I've learned you know a lot today, and it just even. One of the things that we take away is it's you know obviously we we've the commonality we come is because we found about beer and you know, you're an artist but just even just kind of the 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 approaches to life or you know or key takeaways and I I've, I've learned I've learned a lot from some you know, individuals like yourself from around the world now and so it's really I think that um, that's the beauty of art you know everyone looks at has you know looks at things and what they come out with or how they interpret it is differently. And so just even like living life. And so I appreciate your, um, your perspective on things. Well, thank you. That's very kind. Yeah. Now here's these next two are a little, little easier. You don't have to, uh, you know, get some, go get some, you know, deep in your inner self here, but you know, you work at a, you work with a brewery. So there's obviously, you know, some perks with that. What are your kind of favorite, you know, beers or, or styles that you're, you're enjoying? Oh man, um, I feel like I'm super like, like uh, informed by my mood more than like having a, a steady favorite. I would say, you know, it's like if it's the first cold day of the season, you know, I crave a a dark beer. If it's if I just like had a you know long physical day, I want like something lighter so it's not necessarily like i've got like steadfast like oh that that one right there is my favorite but i guess if i had to uh if i had to pick a couple favorites from oxbow i'd say um sasuga has always been a, a favorite for me um and uh the um bobasa which is blend of barrel aged smoked ales is a is a pretty wild beer that i really like it's smoky and complex and tart and kind of all, all the things gracefully wrapped up in a package. So I feel that one. And, um, I like to get out and drink other people's beer whenever possible too. Like I, I, part of eating and drinking for me is the, the exploration of it all is really fun. So constantly looking for whatever thing I haven't tried yet, you know? Yeah. And you're in Maine, like, I don't know if folks realize that if you don't, then obviously then, you know, get on that. But I mean, the main beer scene is to me, it's one of the, it's exploding. I mean, every time we come up there, it's, you know, there's more and more quality. And I think that you're saying about the, the food and the, and the beer pairings. It's I think it's one of the uh, more conscious, you know, places in the, in the, 
in the, my limited travel of the country that I've seen that really makes it, it's a, it's a package deal kind of thing. I think that the food and sure. the, the beer and yeah. Maine really go together and it's, it's, it's deliberate and it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. We're, we're spoiled up here. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I know that, yeah, when folks, yeah, we, I had family out with me and even just the price of like, like lobster, it was like, wait, what? Like, that's what it costs. You know, it was like, yeah, like, you know, like, it's just funny. Like, just, yeah, it was great. We, we, every year we come out, we try to bring someone who's never really got to experience it. So we're not, we're not super versed in Maine, but we're, we definitely bring people that, you know, are below us on the scales. And so we kind of show, we try to show off Maine as much as we can. It's, uh, it's really important. Yeah. I mean, short of, uh, missing Philadelphia sandwiches, I'd say the, the food up here is, is really fantastic. So, I, I eat so much seafood now, and I uh, can't picture a life where I didn't at this point. So that that feels lucky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, every I think when I'm up there, I try to figure I, at least twice a day. You know, it's something seafood, and it's just like because I can, and it's fresh. I haven't really worked the seafood into my breakfast yet, but I feel like that's like I feel like there's got to be some next book or next chapter that I'm missing out on. You know, integrating seafood into my into my breakfast. But you know, there's definitely something. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's always locks or sable or there you go, anything like that. Yeah, and then the last one uh, in my former life, I was a, a disc jockey. I did, you know, I did radio for a while. And so, when you're creating, oh, cool. yeah, when you're creating, uh, is there a certain music that you're listening to, or you know, that helps you, uh, you know, create? Whether it's the labels or your, or your fine art, or do you have kind of a serenity now, like peaceful vibe? What's what's going on, you know, when, when you're when you're getting your creation on? Um, yeah, a lot of music, um, kind of all over the board, but, um, say like a, a lot of hip hop, a lot of old school R&B, soul, um, and like what have you pulled your playlist? I listen to a lot of, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well and books on tape more and more. Um, just cause like, I don't know, it can be, can be nice. Have a, have a narrative go throughout the day, but, um, yeah. Cool. Kind of. Well, oh yeah. I expect, I, I would, uh, if, if you, yeah, if you said I'm going to listen to one style, I would have been shocked. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you can't be an eclectic artist and then be like, oh, I only listen to seventies rock. That's it. Only that. Yeah. Um, but no, what kind of, what kind of, like, have you pulled up your, your Pandora or your, or your Spotify or whatever you're in, uh, using, um, or iTunes, whatever, um, what would some of the artists be? Like, what kind of, like, are you listening to like more current hip hop, like you, you know, or, or old school or just drop some artist songs? All right. Uh, a lot of, a lot of pressure on this. But uh, we, can I know edit, we, we can edit it out. No, I basically self, dumb yeah. no, no, no. This is the easiest. This should be the easiest question. That's why I'm sorry. No, because what we'll do is and um, and maybe you know if you're listening to podcasts, maybe you know queue up a couple of ours. And um, what we do is we just the beds of the of the segments will we the bases like the bottoms are you know the music that you that you listen to, and so we try to customize it. So yeah, yeah. Um. All right, what's been on the playlist recently? Um, um, Anderson Pack, uh, Isaiah Rashad, um, Mayhem Loren, uh, been dipping into a lot of New Orleans music recently, or, nice. you know, recently and always, but more, more particularly recent, uh, Always love Dr. John. Oh yeah. Uh, Rebirth Brass Band. Um, Young Blood Brass Band. Trombone Shorty's good. Um, good. Yeah. Preservation. Yeah, yeah, Pres- yeah. Preservation Jazz Hall. They're good. For sure. Yeah, and um, you know anything like produced by Alan Toussaint is gold. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, uh, yeah, just kind of. Cool. Anything I love anything that's like um, got horns in it. I love anything with like a good 
rhythm to it. Agreed, um, yeah. Well, funk, well, yeah. The southern, yeah, the, the New Orleans style is. I've got to. I had the opportunity to experience uh, Jazz Fest a few years back, and it was it was it was perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm heading down there in, in March and I'm pretty excited about it. So, Oh, that's great. Yeah. Especially the food down there. Can we go, go for St. Joseph's and see uh, the uh, Super Sunday Mardi Gras Indian parade? So, hell yeah. For that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, there's a slight chance. My brother, for his bachelor party, is considering uh, New Orleans. I'm trying to convince him to do it during Jazz Fest, but. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. It's totally, yeah. totally self-serving, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's great. Well, well, well I, I, yeah, I appreciate it, Will. I, like I said, th- you know, thanks so much for for taking the time and you know being part of the project. Um, you know, really uh, admire your work and excited to to come up there and see it in person. And so I just wanted to, you know, thank you again for for taking some time today to you know, be on the podcast. Right back at you. Happy to be involved. Thanks. All right, man. And there you have it, folks. The Will Sears interview right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Rear podcast. First, I just want to thank Will, obviously, for coming on the show and sharing some insight, but some of the music, I know we pushed him on it. He was worried we put him in a, in a jam there, but I've been listening to Anderson Pack, Isaiah Rashad, since we interviewed him. Loving, loving, loving what I'm discovering. And again, that's one of the more self-serving questions given my background, but it always delivers. And so, you know, just thank him for that. You're here in the background, Rebirth Brass Band, proper New Orleans. If you've yet to go, try to get your ass down there for Jazz Fest. Get yourself some Crawfish Monica, some Po' Boys, and just do it up. It is a good time. It is much, 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 I can't say it, much 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 more than bourbon street i would i would actually just say to avoid that if you can but if you're going down there for jazz fest it is a great time it is a great people it is a lot of fun that is our vacation recommendation of the day we'll be back next week we'll be happy to report about artistic directions up at oxbow gallery 49 this friday february 2nd 2018 Really got to do that now. We got to tell you the date and year and all that stuff because we are not going anywhere. We're having a great time and we'll continue to do this for the foreseeable future. We're coming up on our one year anniversary in April. Super excited about that. Like I said before, we'll be announcing our 612 pack as well and more information about our event this summer in July. So thank you once again. You have been listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens. This is episode number 46, 46, Will Sears, willsearsfineart.com, will underscore Sears on Instagram, Oxbow Beer, Oxbow Brewing Company on Instagram, oxbowbeer.com. You can also find online via Will's website, more information about the Portland Mural Initiative, as well as his other business, Better Letter Handpainted Signs.com. That's the company that he started back in 2011. He works with uh, another painter, Ryan Adams, as well as his wife and artist, Tessa O'Brien. So, really excited. Go to the website, make sure you can see the video created. Uh, with Jay Brown from the Portland Mural Initiative. It's about you know, a little, couple years old, but it's still pretty great. You can see his work in action there. Another kind of part of his arsenal with the mural work. And it was just really enjoyable to speak to Will. I know that I learned a lot, obviously just about perspective. I thought it was really great to learn kind of the, the fact that all of the topography or the you know the, the font families that he creates for the labels for Oxbow are original, are his own. And it's just funny to think that folks will call up and ask to utilize the, the font phase for their event or for some creative to learn that it's only those letters for that specific beer. So it's a lot of fun. Look forward to drinking my fair share of Oxbow this weekend. You know, thank Will for, for sharing, you know, about his 
his story, his history, how he came to be, how he sees things. And it's really just an interesting experience for all of us. I do hope that wherever you are in your career, whether you're an artist, designer, small business, medium business, maybe you're you know, a kid in college or just a craft beer enthusiast, I think there's something for everyone here. And we will continue to, to push that forward. And hopefully there's something you can all take away. We'd love to hear from you. Don't be a stranger. AJ at 16oz16ouncecanvas.com is the way to get in touch. Shoot us a message. Join the mailing list. Follow us on Instagram. Do whatever it is you want to do. We'd love to hear from you. But until next week, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you. <laughs>